Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Scions of the Southland Recap Show. Except I think this week, Mr. Jake Grant, it is actually a preview show, isn't it? Yeah, you could call it that. Uh, We're not really recapping anything other than a beautiful weekend of sampling what college football had to offer. It was, uh, I mean, it was an interesting, interesting week across the country. We saw a lot of upsets. A lot of weird results, and then one particularly unfunny gobsmacking in Athens. That was not fun. Yeah, always seems that uh, always seems that I say that the Tigers are going to break through and and get their nice little win against UGA, and, and here we are. But this this is neither a, an Auburn podcast nor it, God forbid, uh, an Athens podcast. So we can leave that to uh, the Barking Men and, 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 the, and the War Eagles. Notably, the Barking Men and the uh, Cone-Wearing Men, if you saw that photo that I sent in our uh, writer's room the other day. Yes, because cones are much better than wearing masks, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. Apparently so. So once again, if you're new, I'm Akshay. He is Jake. This is the Scions of the Southland recap show. Yes, I stole that intro back from the solid verbal. No, I'm not really going to apologize. I guess this is just kind of how we do things around here. I mean, between being technically correct and technically original, we, uh, we really just are fantastic at the podcast business. Indeed. Uh, in terms of being fantastic about the... Uh, fantastic at the podcast business excuse me we do also happen to talk about georgia tech non-rev sports around these parts uh mr grant what do you have for us there well as as always science of the southland endeavors to be your only source of non-rev of non-rev news so glad you're getting it here because lord knows you won't find it anywhere else um in terms of results we had cross country you guys are in luck. I just finished uh, recapping the weekend down in Tallahassee. Um, it was relatively successful. Um, the men managed to pull out a second place out of 10 teams. Um, the usual SEC and ACC suspects. You got your Floridas, your Florida States, your Athens, Clemson, Bama, Auburn, Miami, that kind of thing. Um, and the women got third. Uh I believe the men lost to the boys from Athens and the women took the L to Florida state and Alabama all in all, not too bad. Uh, notable no show was Nicole Fegans, our number one runner DNF. Don't know what's up with that. Um, if I can dig a little more, um, that would be interesting, but she is at the top of our order. So again, tech did all right. Uh, probably some room for improvement there with her back so not anything too concerning and then again the men men look surprisingly good so i'll call it a win on the weekend okay i'll take that yeah uh andrew kent uh he gets man of the match or whatever you want to call it senior man of the match it's a it's a track meet it's a cross-country meet yeah i mean dude came in second just barely got edged out at first that's that's not something we're usually saying about our cross country. So, I'll take it. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, happy for them. Yeah. Um, what else we got next week? Uh, volleyball hosts Florida State, I believe. Wednesday, Thursday. Indeed. Cool. 
Um, they're ranked 12th in the poll. Um, the coaches seem to think that Florida State's about as good as Miami, so uh, might be another tight two two games. Uh, would be nice to get two wins. Probably necessary to get two wins, but who knows what's going on in volleyball because longtime conference heavyweight Pittsburgh is sitting at 0-2, and uh, I don't think that's anything anyone would have foreseen coming into the weekend. Um, or Small sample week. sizes, Jake. Small sample sizes. Hey, whatever whatever Syracuse found worked. So, you know, might be willing to, uh, to uh, give the Orange the call if we run into Pittsburgh in the spring. Okay. That, I think, about wraps it up, unless you have any thoughts on how this series versus FSU is going to go. Um, we beat them last year at home. I believe we dropped the road match. I have not previewed the match yet, so you kind of caught me flat-footed. Florida Ooh, State. not prepared. Typically one of the better teams in the conference. Hey, this is a football podcast. Um, but, uh. No, Florida State's usually one of the better teams of the conference. Um, they were right on the bubble last year uh, in the Louisville, Notre Dame, Florida State chunk that finished just below us. Um, so, you know, perennial top of the conference. It should be two good games. Uh, I'm looking forward to being back at O'Keefe. Uh, very empty and quiet O'Keefe, but nonetheless, we play really well there. So hopefully that's uh, on our side and perhaps – what are two of the uh, toughest games on our schedule this year? So, has the AA announced any, or, or I guess the seating arrangements and COVID uh, handling for the volleyball series, or do you think that's coming down the pipe this week? My ticket guy says uh, first come, first serve for a very limited number of students, and then there'll be some volleyball family and big donors in the stands. So, ah, yes. Big money, Big, no money. Big money and no money. Okay. I'm fine with that. That sounds just about what they're doing at, at Bobby Dodd. So, yes, fine sir. With that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, let's, uh, let's get down to the meat and potatoes here with what happened in the ACC yesterday, shall we? Sure thing. All right. I'm going to read out some results and you're going to give me a quip or two. All right, so let's start on a Friday, October 2nd, 7 p.m. on the ACC Network, Campbell 14, Wake Forest 66. Yeah, this was never going to be close. Um, Campbell played half of Georgia Southern's team and didn't get the win there, so playing an FBS team, I didn't think it was going to turn around much more than that. Uh, Mild disclaimer, Georgia Southern is also FBS. I think you meant group of five, but... Or I guess power five in context. But the point still stands. This result probably was never in doubt. All right. Moving on to Saturday, the nooner on the ACC network in a surprise upset. North Carolina State 30, number 24, Pittsburgh 29. We were one bad Kenny Pickett performance away from Pittsburgh dropping an egg like this. So. It was coming at some point. Mm-hmm. And I, I was tracking some of the chatter around the around ACC Twitter around this game. There was a lot of pit people noting that they always have a couple of turds in there every every year. Um, it's all verbal, who we've already cribbed from 
uh, today or tonight uh, notes you should win your clunkers, and this is uh, this is one that Pitt did not win, and they let NC State stay in way, way, way too long. Yeah, um, it, it was definitely part of the case of just not not taking a lead when they had the chance and not closing out games. Um, Pat Narduzzi, I don't think it's a bold thing to say. He's great at defense, not so great at offense, but even then – 30 to a not-so-great NC State team isn't really the pinnacle of defensive prowess. He, he coaches like really good half teams, but I feel like we've been saying that for the better part of five years. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. All right, let's move on. The 3.30 on ABC, number 12, North Carolina, 26. Boston College 22. You know, BC hung around longer than I thought they were going to. I'll give them that. Uh, I didn't think this would be as close, but, you know, Mac Brown and the gang pulled it out. A win's a win. I don't think there's anything too much more to take away from this. Yeah, this, again, I think this falls into another, uh, it falls into the same category as the first game. This is just a clunker for North Carolina. And mm-hmm. I guess they pulled it out in this case, but I don't know. Is is this going to be sustainable, or are we going to keep having games where North Carolina keeps letting teams hang around until the fourth quarter, then pulls away? Because this has happened twice now, right? This has happened versus Q's and now versus Boston College. So, yeah. Um, I think the Q's game was a little bit more damning, but also a little bit more excusable, given that it was the first, uh, you know, the first week. Moving on, the 4 p.m. game on your local regional sports network. Uh, This one was almost very, very embarrassing. Jacksonville State 24, Florida State 41. Yeah, um... I wish it would have been embarrassing, frankly. I, I, mean, I picked them to win, but... <laughs> for, <laughs> to your point, for a while there, it looked like it was going to get embarrassing. <laughs> and, uh, Jacksonville was, just didn't have enough to outlast them. Yeah, this one was where... I think this just ended up being an out-talenting. Like, Jacksonville State hung around for a a large, large portion of this game. I think 17 points um, of margin is a little generous based on the the limited glimpses of the game that I caught. But uh, Florida State needs to needs to figure some things out if they want to salvage this season. I do think it's a salvage this season type of deal right now. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. Um I don't see a lot of wins left for them on the schedule and, and certainly not starting this week. So, Yeah, we will, uh, we will get there. Uh, but in the meantime, the 4 p.m. game on the ACC network, Virginia Tech 38, Duke 31. It, it seems like the supposed cream of the crop in the ACC Coastal played really close games this week. All of them played very, very close games. Yeah, I uh, 
I didn't catch any of this one because I was hopping around to some different games. And also, Square on Fifth doesn't get ACC Network, so that's fun. Um, Not a sponsor, but also in this case, yeah. do, you, do you really want it? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, could have avoided, uh, frankly, anything after the after the nooner this week um, off the network. But Virginia Tech, Duke, I'm not convinced Duke is anywhere near good. And now that Virginia Tech, frankly, shot up the rankings after this barely convincing win is a little bit surprising to me. Yeah. Again, I think this comes with a caveat that I, I didn't catch any of this either. Um, but and, and it does come with a caveat that uh, Virginia Tech is still down a number of players because of COVID holdouts oh, uh, and isolation. Um, they were missing, I think, their entire secondary and their secondary coaches uh, heading into this one. So it, it, I think as that situation evolves at, at Virginia Tech, which has already resulted in them getting one game canceled, but it, it does look like they're recovering. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, what kind of bounce back and what kind of growth they have uh, the rest of the way, especially after a bit of an embattled offseason. Yeah, um, I, I completely forgot that. <laughs> they're missing a giant chunk of their defense, which, you know, makes putting up uh, a 31-point hole uh, for Duke make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm then, again, interested to see what they look like at noon on ABC this week. But, again, we'll get to the previews in, in a little bit. Yep, and then the final game of the week for the ACC, the 8 p.m. game on the ACC Network. Virginia 23, number one, Clemson 41. In a rematch of the ACC championship game. Yeah, I honestly thought this one wouldn't even be this close. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 18 points is, I think, I think Virginia covered. I want to say the, uh, the line was somewhere in the 20s. So props to Virginia, I guess. Uh, although, you know, getting boat raced by Clemson is probably still not a good thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Clemson's the number one team in the country. Virginia put up a, I mean, more competitive showing than they looked in the uh, ACC championship. So, yeah. I mean, they scored, what, like nine points in that game? I don't have it in front of me. I'm just going to spitball here. It was something hideous, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, maybe you chalk this one up as a moral victory. We love those. We certainly, certainly do. All right, let's get to some news items before we talk about this week's game versus Louisville. Uh, Really, the only major news item that I have um, is the new SP Plus rankings. Uh, Just for context. At the end of last week, Tech was number 63rd, number 63, 63rd. Anyway, 63rd overall um, in SP Plus on ESPN uh, with the 94th overall offense, 40th defense, and 69th special teams. Uh, but now they have gone up during the bye week, which is, uh, which is always fun. Uh, they are now 56th overall in the nation. Uh, with the 91st overall offense, uh, 33rd defense, and 
well, I guess they went down in special teams to 70th. Any, I don't know, any opening thoughts about that? Um, I mean, obviously going up is somewhat fluky. It's better than going down. Um, 56 does seem a little bit high to me, particularly the number 33 defense and, frankly, number 70 special teams. Um, I would expect both of those to be a little bit lower. But um, I've learned at this point in my sports punditry not to question the wisdom of Bill C. So, Yeah, it is important to mention that SP Plus is a predictive ranking. It's not a resume ranking. It, it basically tells you who would win on a no, on a neutral field if you compared ratings. So, um, effectively, what this is saying is Tech could feasibly beat what fifty? Well, no, there's 127 teams in the rankings now, so like seventy something teams, um, seventy one teams actually uh, that are under them in the uh, in the rankings. So. It's, I mean, it's an interesting place to be, right? I think when we when we looked at the season, we previewed the season um, on the site. We were saying, "Hey, we want to be middle of the road in SP plus. We want to have a decent offense. We want to have. We know that defense could be our strength this season. So let's focus on improving that offense from the bottom ten, um, and then." making incremental improvements to the defense. And I think that's what we're seeing reflected here so far, even if the performances haven't been as good as one might expect with this ranking. I think that's a, that's a fair summary of how to put it. I, I don't have a lot to copy add to that. I don't know. That's not a very interesting response to what you have to say. It's more fun when we disagree, but. Uh, we we need to disagree on more stuff. Um, we need to come up with some, I don't know, some snippy wordplay. We need to just, whenever we have another bye week, because we have another one coming up, We maybe we just need to have a first take style sec- segment here. Oh, where we just scream at each other about obvious stuff? I mean, that's what we do in real life. Why can't we do that on a podcast? I don't know. So, for some reason, I think that doesn't make good audio. <laughs> you know, the, the whole screaming and... and uh... Uh, here, we'll start with this. We'll start with this. I disagree with your next thing in the show notes. The game is not on ESPN, nor is it at 7 p.m., nor are we playing Louisville, who is not 1-2 and two or 1-2 in the ACC. Fight me. Well, you did give me a good segue, so I'm not going to fight you. <laughs> <sighs> next up is indeed the Friday night's game versus Louisville, who is 1-2 and two overall with two losses in the ACC. This game is at 7 p.m. on ESPN because it is, you know, the Friday weird ACC slot. Uh, we were talking about SP Plus just a minute ago for Georgia Tech, but here it is for Louisville. They are 35th overall with the number eight offense, the number 88 defense, and the number 57 special teams. Vegas has Louisville by five. Uh, SP Plus has them by just around the same amount. Uh, and FPI also picked Louisville. So, any opening thoughts here before we dive into some more details? I think that 
the number eight offense could be a little bit deceiving because I think, you know, we, we have a relatively solid defense. I'm very interested off the top to see how that lines up because we know UCF has a high-powered offense. We know that Syracuse does not have a high-powered offense, and yet they both kind of look to run us around the same way, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, the tempo. I'm curious to see how Louisville uh, translates. Yeah, I, I think we do have to offer some caveats here because I know I have not watched a lot of Louisville this season other than some of the, uh, some of the Miami game. Um, but it, if you use the, like you're saying, if you use the last two games that Tech has played as a template, the secret to beating the defense is tempo and, I mean, throwing the ball over the top. It, it's really not much more complicated than that, or so it seems, right? Yeah, I, I, I just, I'd say so. Wow, I couldn't even get anything out. Um, I, in the meantime, on the side, I'm trying to look up where UCF um, has fallen in the latest rankings, but I am bad at looking up SP+. So um, I keep getting the September 1st version, which we don't want, um, just because I am curious to see how UCF translates. Um, one thing I will note before we roll on um, – the overall 35 for Louisville doesn't necessarily jive with how the AP and the coaches see Louisville. So I'm very interested, I, obviously, like we said, not based off resume, kind of like the polls are. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, I think Bill C still sees more value. Louisville could be the best one and two team in the country, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then perhaps we see from punditry coming into this game, Whereas they see a Louisville team that has disappointed um, and is therefore unworthy of um, recognition, the numbers and Bill and whoever um, see a team that is yet to live up to its expectation and slash or has underplayed but is still, you know, relatively solid. And and I think that kind of lines up with the results we're seeing, right? So. Just to, just to recap, so their first game was against Western Kentucky. They won by 14, totally expected. Then they played Miami, and that one had game day at it. They lost by 13, and even that margin seems a little close for what Miami's offense did to that defense. Um, and, then, and then two weeks ago, they played Pitt uh, and lost by three. So it, it could be, especially with that Pitt game, um, when Bill runs the numbers – that Louisville might have deserved to win that game based on the stats and, you know, his whole theory of if you threw together all the plays that happened in the game and then uh, dropped them on the ground and they landed in a random order, who would win kind of deal. Um, it it might have been that Louisville actually, based on the stats, deserved to win that game, but Pitt ended up pulling it out. Um, I don't have his chart and his data uh, here in front of me to actually tell you that for sure. But that, that sort of accounts for that, that distinction or that, or that dissonance that we see right between the resume and the predictive. Yeah. And speaking of those numbers, I think if only there was a podcast out there that had all access to all these numbers and could just talk about it for hours on end, but that's neither here nor there. I think 
Um, one is every person I would I would kill to see that, but I I think you're right there, right? Like Pittsburgh, I think you might look at them a little bit differently after losing to say North Carolina State in a way that the fundamentals haven't changed as much, you know. Mm-hmm. I I think we're let's let's pivot a little bit um, and sort of color in the blanks of this matchup uh, before we talk any further about, about Louisville themselves. So one thing we did want to bring up was the fact that the last time that these two teams met, it was a shellacking in Louisville for the home team. Tech won 66 to 31 and basically turned the light out on the Petrino and Brian Van Gorder as defensive coordinator errors at, at Louisville. Um, I can't believe that game was less than two years ago from today. Yeah, I. there's I, been a lot of change in, in this program and that program and just around, around the two worlds. I mean, heck, you moved to San Francisco and moved back in that time frame. But, yeah. <laughs> but we don't have to unpack the personal side of that either. It's It's just a very strong barometer for how much has changed. You look at both of our midweek games in, in 2018, the Louisville game and the Virginia Tech game, that was the swan song of the triple option in hindsight, and in particular, this Louisville game. Going mm-hmm. up to Louisville, absolutely pantsing the vaunted Brian Van Gorder defense. and the- Notably, notably the vaunted Brian Van Gorder defense that had – uh, Athens call him in to be a consultant uh, before I think it was the 2016 game yep. uh, defensive yeah. consultant and then you know proceed to watch said team lose yeah win no. some you lose some Brian more like you lose some you lose some but uh, I, I don't miss that guy other than tearing his defense to shreds but that's the thing too this Georgia Tech team is just about as far away from that Georgia Tech team. Oh yeah, as you could possibly be. So, really, if they saw Brian Van Gorder, who knows what would happen? Who knows? Just to just to juxtapose the two, uh, this the Georgia Tech team that we're talking about that beat Louisville sixty six to thirty one in twenty eighteen. They had twelve. Count them. 12 total yards of uh, in the air and 542 on the ground uh, and also eight touchdowns on the ground. Um, it's not a stretch to say that the Georgia Tech of today is a much more balanced team. Uh, triple option and it's, uh, you know, it's uh, core tenants and it's glorious side. Yeah. Um, I will say that I miss some of that. Uh, and the Louisville game is a game that particularly comes back in in fondness. But I think it'll be a good measuring stick um, against a more sieve-like defense uh, for Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs to go up against. Um, I think that our offense might have a, a different playing field that might bode well for them uh even if it is you know not necessarily the three-headed attack we threw at them two years ago so so let's move back to the present 
present tense. We were talking about Louisville's game versus Pitt two weeks ago uh, and sort of the current state of Louisville program. Just to recap, the Pitt game for them, obviously, like we said, they lost by three. They allowed seven sacks to a vaunted, very, very good Pitt defense. Um, Pitt held them to about half of the total offense uh, that Louisville had been averaging. And star quarterback Malik or McHale or I don't know, his name, his first name definitely starts with an M. Cunningham uh, <laughs> went uh, nine for 21 for 107 yards, a TD and three picks. So not a great day at the office. And it was all capped off by an injury uh, for which he had to be stretchered off with about a minute 20 remaining in the game. However, to his credit, or, you know, as good news, he was back in practice this past week. Uh, so hopefully he should be good to go for Friday. Yeah, I mean, you never really want to see somebody get hurt. Um, though, frankly, with him in, that might really bode well for our defense. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's an important part of their offense, but you can see he does play a little bit fast and loose sometimes. I mm-hmm. uh, just let me pull up some of the Louisville stats here. So for the season, uh, Cunningham has seven TDs, five interceptions. Um, so really, I mean, even despite getting, you know, kicked around by Miami, he only threw maybe a pick. Uh, let's let's click into his game by game stats here uh, versus Miami. Yeah, he only threw one pick and then he had another versus uh versus Western Kentucky, he had three touchdowns versus Miami, too. Obviously, I don't have garbage time versus non-garbage time here, so it's it's a hard to say situationally how good he was. But, I mean, I don't necessarily think that he is a bad quarterback. I think we have seen bad quarterbacks at, uh, at Louisville before. Puma Pass was... You know, he was okay a couple of years ago, but he's no, but Cunningham is clearly a good quarterback. And I think he's, he proved that last year, especially. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, they had a relatively successful run in, in their first year um, under the new regime. So I, I will give them that again, when your only win is against Western Kentucky, I don't know how much, we can really put stock in them, right? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. coastal chaos is being chaotic, and, and I guess that's not even really coastal if it's Louisville and C-State. Hey, 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 when you when you rip but, off, when you take off the division blinders, you let you let every, or you let chaos loose on everybody, okay? Which, which, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, <laughs> let's take a completely left turn into the AP poll. I'm, I'm going to just do some reading. Clemson. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Miami, North Carolina, Penn State, Oklahoma State. That's your top 10. Okay. There are four ACC teams in the top 10, the most of any conference. That's chaotic in and of itself, is it not? Uh, It obviously does come with a caveat that 
if the Big Ten was playing at the same time, then there would be more Big Ten teams in that ranking. But sure, I'm going to agree with your point, waiting for some more ex- explanation here. Well, look at it, look at it this way, too. Penn State and Ohio State are also in that top 10. And nobody's really anywhere close after that. You got Wisconsin at 16 and Michigan at 20. So I don't think it's a stretch to say that the ACC is just a giant cluster this year. Are are you saying <laughs> that was not the way that I thought you were going to go with that sentence? I was definitely get, thought you were going to go uh, away where I would be able to say, so are you saying that this year in the ACC, it means more? It does just mean more, and I would have said that if it wasn't two, three, four SEC teams um, in, in the three, uh, two through four spots. But uh, we but tried. No, we, the, we tried uh, to be on top of it. The ACC is currently a swirling mass of chaos from the very top to the very bottom, and that includes almost losing to the Texas states of the world, the Jacksonville states of the world, and also Miami maybe being back. So, and then whatever the heck Mac Brown is doing uh, in Chapel Thrill. So it's, it's definitely an interesting time to be alive. It's a big old chaos gumbo, as uh, Ed Orgeron might say. Yep. All right. I think we've sort of batted around the Louisville game uh, to death here. Uh, but uh, like we said before, that is Friday night uh, at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Um, if you want some quick other thoughts, uh, we pulled the writer's room uh, for a couple other notes. Uh, the My favorite of which is, what's that saying where an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? This is the opposite. A lack of kinetic energy meets zero resistance, <laughs> which uh, which is not a good thing to hear for either team. That is some pure physics one right there. Um, I, I will say my favorite uh, quote is, Liberty smacked Western Kentucky worse than Louisville. Oh, uh, God. That is, That's I don't know how that bodes, but it certainly bodes something for someone. Uh, and then the last one that I, I think is worth mentioning, uh, I could see it turning into a shootout, and I don't think that bodes well for Tech. I kind of agree. I, it's, it's really not necessarily on the defensive end where the problem is, though, for Tech. I think it's all about making sure that Sims maintains his composure, uh, limits the mistakes, and and keeps throwing the ball to the right team and, and has the protection and the time to do that. Yep. Um, and also the penalties. Let's, the let's penalties. not have penalties. We can't have a whole another tirade about that. We, we, I think we killed that one pretty good last week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, let's move on to the final point of news for the night. Next week's picks. Uh, so oh, we man. will skip the Friday Louisville game and let's move on to Saturday uh, where we honestly have, I think, one of our first full slates in a while. Maybe? Yep. I don't know. It's no, com- that's the next week. I'd say it's compelling football. It's more compelling than the last couple of weeks have been. I'll say that much. All first. right. So 
the nooner on the ACC network, NC State at Virginia. Um, I'll take Virginia. No, give me NC State. Coming off of a win at Pitt, I'll take NC State. I think uh, the power of wine and cheese beats the power of, I, I don't know what they eat in North Carolina State. Power of the Wolf, power of the wolf back, baby. Yeah, fair enough. All right, the nooner on ABC, which is which should be a really good one, actually. Number nineteen, Virginia Tech, at number eight, North Carolina. Uh, obviously, we're recording this the Sunday prior to this, so we have no idea what the uh, COVID situation for the Hokies will look like. But based on their injury reports from the last two weeks, they should be fully healthy for this one, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, for their own sake, I hope they are. Um, I I think this is the weekend that everything like starts to click for UNC. You know, you play one game, then you have two weeks off, then you have another, you know, rusty game coming back. I think this is when they'll finally start to be in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. I actually will take the Hokies. I think, you know, playing it's it's all about that, you know, that theory that if you you play or you're playing well going into the playoffs, you'll ride that hot streak into the playoffs and through the playoffs. Um I think the same principle should apply here, especially since VT has won their last two games, or I guess the only two games that they've played. Seems Fair legitimate. Enough. Fair enough, kid. All right, the noon 30 on your RSN, Duke at Cuse. I feel like this is a wo- bit of a wash. I-, I think Duke finally breaks through. Uh, I'm actually going to disagree. Maybe uh, Tommy DeVito is able to throw more effectively on this Duke defense. Oh, Lord. Give me, give me Cuse. <laughs> I'm in a mood to be contrarian today. Wow. Uh, all right, the 4 p.m. game on the ACC Network, Pitt at Boston College. I, uh, mm, I don't know. See, BC makes me think that they're trash when they play like they do against Texas State, but then they played all right last weekend. So um, uh, give me BC. Interesting. I will. Uh, I will take Pittsburgh. I don't believe that can in a Kenny Pickett led offense, and I never have. And I'm definitely on the record about that. Uh, but Pitt's defense is way, way too good to let another game like this slip. I think it's still going to be low scoring, but I, I think Pitt edges this one out, unlike last week. Fair enough. Um, All right. If we disagree on this next one. I don't. I, I don't know if we can have a podcast anymore. <laughs> I have no plans personally, but to, but to clarify, the seven thirty on NBC, Florida State at number five, Notre Dame. I think if you don't take Notre Dame, and you know, however, however many points are being laid here, you are insane. I hate Notre Dame. <laughs> On record I, now. Before I came to Georgia Tech, I, I had no 
no hate for the school in Athens, but I already hated Notre Dame. It's been there a long time. It's burned inside of me. And it kills me to have to pick them. But Florida State is trash. They're a Florida State is. fire that's frankly only exists to make Georgia Tech feel better about itself at this point. Uh, even that is uh, questionable. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right. I am also taking the Fighting Irish because if you don't, like I said, you might be a little insane. Uh, the final game of the week, the 7.30 on ABC, that is number seven Miami at number one Clemson. College game day will be in Clemson for this one. Oof. I don't like Miami. I don't like Clemson. Uh, mm. Part of me wants to be, ooh, it'd be good for the conference if Miami won. But honestly, it might be terrible for the conference. If no, Miami it would be won. absolutely terrible if Miami won. Because it might it, – because <sighs> now you're relying on Miami to finish the season undefeated. It, let's say they win this game. You're relying on Miami to finish the season undefeated and be in the playoff, which is not really a good – a sustainable situation here. Yeah. I'm not saying that a Clemson win is the only thing keeping us from three SEC teams in the playoff, but I'm not not saying that either. Yeah, give me Clemson for the good of the I, ACC and for the for the uh, pain of Georgia fans everywhere. Give me Clemson. I will also take Clemson because, you know, I would rather not see a three SEC team playoff in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, part of the thing about Notre Dame playing a full conference slate and all the, like, divisions being chaos is there's no, like, oh, well, Miami doesn't have to play Clemson if they're good until the championship, or UNC doesn't have to play Clemson championship. No, no, no. It's, it's, you, Notre Dame doesn't have to play Clemson, blah, 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 blah. This is, everything could implode in week five because, you know. Notably, just just as a look ahead here, we have one, two, three, four, four weeks until Clemson and Notre Dame play each other. You know what's happening for that sweet, sweet TV money. Oh, it's already scheduled on NBC for a 7 p.m. slot on November 7th. Like, this is already pre- this is already pre-established. It's very clear it was scheduled for the TV money. Um, I do not see a, a Catholics versus convicts game at this time. So might have to wait on that one. Uh, maybe in the ACC title game. Who knows? I mean, Miami wins. They'd be that much closer to being there. Yeah, they'd be that much closer to actually scoring points in an ACC title game. Gosh, what a world that would be. Uh, kind of terrifying, not going to lie. It, it is, but, you know, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. All right, so that about wraps it up with uh, our picks. Do you have anything else before we sign off? Um, trying to think. Should be it, – it, it'd be really nice if uh, – 
these next two days were fall break, but in the meantime, back to the grind for us until we uh, until we uh, get to recap a real game next week. Hey, now you get you know you youngins get to finish the semester at Thanksgiving like three weeks earlier than we used to. I don't want to hear it. This is just entitled complaining. I mean, finals are still, you know, December 11th and 12th, but that's neither here nor there. We are well on our way to, I don't know, what, football mediocrity? (laughs) You know, there's hope for us yet. You know, I, being an Atlanta sports fan, I have a uh, stupid amount of hope that, you know, always is crushed very painfully. But I'll hold out for now. <laughs> Sir, we love painful sports depression. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. We'll, we'll save you the trouble of unpacking that. We will see you next week, everyone. Oh,